0: You're listening to the Sermon Podcast from Meadowbrook Church in Cheyenne, Wyoming, with Pastor Keith Miller. So today is the 21st sermon in this in my series on Daniel. Uh, hard to believe for me that we're already we're pretty much at the end of it, uh, and it's served my heart well. I hope it's served your heart well as we've. Dove in as we have you know explored Daniel. Next week I'm going to just kind of share just everything that I've gleaned from Daniel, not not from like not everything I've shared in my sermons, but just application-wise, just things that I'm wrestling with in light of in light of the book of Daniel and, and, and how that is the, the message of Daniel spoken into my heart. In two weeks, not this Sunday, but the following Sunday, I thought it would be fun. We've done this in the past. I thought it would be fun to just have you submit questions and just use the sermon time to answer questions. So questions that flow out of Daniel, maybe questions that are just flowing out of just you know the Bible in light of current events. Uh, any anything, I don't know if I'll be able to get to every single question, but you should have received the a three by five card or four by six card or whatever. Um, if you can write down your question either today or sometime next week and put, that in, put those cards in the box on the way out the door, that would be, uh, that would be fantastic. Uh, two weeks, if you don't have any questions, it will be a very quiet sermon. I'm joking. I'll just, I'll just make questions up. <laughs> All right. Maybe. So 21 sermons in, in the book of Daniel. And... Uh, if you recall, uh, when I started Daniel, I, I, I pointed out the the fact that you have this empire of Babylon, which which uh, was significant, and you had these other empires that followed suit afterwards. But the Bible points out the fact that not only was there any, it, not only did there exist a physical empire of Babylon, but there's the spirit of Babylon, and and that's still relevant today, that exists today, that has existed for hundreds and hundreds of years uh, before us. It will continue to exist until Jesus comes. Um, it is the spirit of the age. It is, uh, I think, the heartbeat of what Paul wrote in 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 1 through 5, which I'll have the words on the screen and I'll just, I'll just read those for you. But understand do we, do we have those? Yeah, there we go. But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, Lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving, good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. That's the spirit of the age. And, um, and so Daniel speaks into that. Uh, Daniel, the book of Daniel shows us what does it look like to be a man or a woman, who, who uh, of God, living in that kind of culture. What does that look like? Is it possible? Can you get through this world um, and, and live your life faithfully? Unto God. Is that possible? And Daniel says resoundingly, yes, that is possible. Keep your eyes on, on the God of all creation. Follow him. He will sustain you and he will keep you uh, no matter how difficult things are around you. That's been the motivator for why we, we opened up Daniel together. Because, I, I mean, honestly, I, when I mapped out this series in Daniel, as I was studying Daniel last summer, my hope was that by the time I finished Daniel, the pandemic would be behind us. And it is not. I, I, and I thought that I thought maybe things politically would quiet down. And it's gotten worse. And our world seems more unstable than, ever, than any other time before it. And I have a lot of questions. I'm struggling with a lot of things. There are anxieties that I'm dealing with and I'm wrestling with. I just read an article um, uh, this morning. I actually, I didn't read the whole article yet. I want to read the whole article. I didn't have time. But the, the title of the article is, you know, pastors are leaving the ministry in droves. And the quote, the quote is, I didn't sign up for this. You know, and then I read about, not just pastors though. <laughs> Christians. Like, I, you know, just giving up on, on the faith. I listened to a podcast earlier this week titled, I Kiss Christianity Goodbye. I don't know if you ever heard of Joshua Harris, but he wrote a book, I Kiss Dating Goodbye. And um, he was a pastor of a large church, and I think it was last year he came out and said, I am no longer a Christian. It's a crazy time we find ourselves in. And, uh, and we shouldn't be surprised by that when we read the Bible. Nothing has changed, just different dress. Like what we read in Daniel, it's just different dress. Same problems, same problems. And how do you endure in, in the midst of all that? You focus your eyes on God. You know, I, I said this. I said, you know, the, the, the Word of God, which I believe to be 100% true, um, the, you know, lets us know who God is. Uh, by reading it and studying it, we get to understand God. With our limited ability, we get to understand God. And by seeking to know Him, we can stand up and take action. That's Daniel chapter 11. What, is, what does that mean? That means that the ballast of your faith will go deeper the more you know God, the more, the more your relationship with Him grows. That doesn't mean you have to have all your theological questions answered. That just, the more you get to know who God is, the easier it is to trust Him, I think. That's been my experience. The Apostle John admonished the church with these words, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life, is not from the Father but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. And then it continues, Children, it is the last hour and as you have heard that antichrist is coming so now many antichrists have come therefore we know that it is the last hour now john wrote that in the first century and here we are <laughs> you know in 2021 uh, i said this at the beginning i think towards the beginning of the sermon series uh, you know if you're wondering when jesus is going to come back again his coming is much sooner than it was when when jesus said he would come back again <laughs> Right, We don't know when he's coming back, but he's coming back. and, the t- and the, the t- We know he's coming back because the tomb is empty. And as I read through Daniel, and these are some of the things that, that, that encourage me about Daniel, the theme of Daniel can be heard in, in various passages in Daniel, like Daniel chapter 2, verses 20 through 21. Blessed be the name from a pagan king, this is what he said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, to whom belong wisdom and might. He changes times and seasons, he removes kings, and he sets up kings. Amen to that, (laughs) right? Uh, In Daniel chapter 4, verses 34 through 35, again, from a pagan king, for his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing, and he does according to his will among the hosts of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand or say to him, what have you done? And in Daniel chapter 5, uh, verses 26 through 27, let's read this together, ready? Ready? For he is the living God, enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed and his dominion shall be to the end. He delivers and rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. He who has saved Daniel from the power of the lions. And he's still, still doing it today. So there are two Two things that flow out of Daniel chapter 12. One, there's a time of trouble that we must endure. I don't know where some pastors or some preachers get the idea that we can be exempt from suffering. We are not exempt from suffering. We're told in Daniel chapter 12, verse 1, and if you have a Bible, you probably want to be tracking with me here. If if you're using a digital device, you know you can go to Daniel 12 as well. At this time shall arise Michael, the great prince. He's the archangel Michael, who has charge of, of your people, and there shall be a time of trouble such has never been since there was a nation till that time. So there's, this, and I believe what Daniel is referring to here is this. What he's being told here is this time of trouble is still. It was future for Daniel. It's still future for us. And um, I don't know. I mean, so, some of my friends, pastor friends, think that that time of trouble is seven literal years. I don't know. Um, I've made a commitment as your pastor that if I don't know, I'm just going to say I don't know. Um, is it figurative, like those seven years, or is it literal? Who knows? What I do know is it's coming. It's coming. And I don't think we've seen it just yet. I, if anything... I, if anything, is, uh, this, uh, that this year has taught me, that this, that this pandemic has taught me, is that, man, it, it, it's, it seems more real to me than ever before. Like when I read Daniel chapter 12, that this time of trouble is coming, I'm like, yep. <laughs> you know, before, before, like two years ago, like, I, I would have I said, yeah, it's going to happen. But it just didn't feel as palatable as it does today. And... Um, as we watch what's happening in our world, it's it's in our future where you know Daniel chapter twelve is put here for, for God's people to endure. You know there there was a horrible time that was coming for Daniel, well not for Daniel but for the Hebrew people, when Antiochus the the fourth would rise to power and 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 just would treat the the Hebrew people in such a horrible way. Um, we see glimpses of. People like Antiochus, like Hitler. <laughs> uh, there's a Antichrist that's coming. Um, I watched um, I watched a documentary that just came out. Um, now I'm going to forget the name of it, but it was it's on Hitler. I, I, you can look it up on, on iTunes. I thought it was very interesting. Uh, not the people who directed the the documentary I don't think are Christians, but uh, they talk about just this. This, how the cultures back in the in, in the 30s in Germany allowed for Hitler to coming to come to power and and just drew parallels with our current our current um, you know world and 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 how that could be a possibility. There is an Antichrist that is coming. There are there is a time of trouble that we must endure. Daniel said in verse six, um, what well, we read in verse six, he says, "Then I Daniel looked and behold." Two others stood on one on this bank of the stream, and one on the bank uh, on that bank in the bank of the stream. And someone said to the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the stream, "How long shall it be till the end of these wonders?" And as I read through Daniel, don't you ask yourself the same question? Like, how long, Lord? When when is this going to happen? In um, verse seven. <laughs> He, he, he receives this, this answer, "'And I heard the man clothed in linen "'who was above the waters of the stream. "'He raised his right hand and his left hand toward heaven "'and swore by him who lives forever "'that it would be for a time, times, and half a time, "'and that when the shattering of the power "'of the holy people comes to, to an end, "'all things would, would be finished.'" And Daniel was like, "'Well, that didn't answer my question. <laughs> "'So you know, tell me, when is this going to take place?' And, and Daniel's pretty much told, uh, you're not supposed to know. This, this, this is going like, to this, this be sealed. Like, you, you, you're just not meant to know, Daniel. All you're meant to know is that there's a day of trouble. There's a time of trouble that's coming. And, and what, how it should affect you is to live your life in light of what God is doing in the world. Live your life in light of the fact that there is a time of trouble coming. And then there's going to be a judgment that's going to be coming as well. He said, I heard, but I did not understand. That's what Daniel, that's his response. I heard, but I did not understand. Then I said, Oh my Lord, what shall be the outcome of these things? Tremper Longman, who I really like, he his commentary on Daniel was really helpful for me in, in, in working through or, or putting together the sermon series. He commented on that on these verses and he said this. He said, God alone knows, and that seems to be the point. God knows that there is an end that he has determined but we cannot figure it out because we're not supposed to. Leave it to God, the angel says to Daniel, and through him he speaks to us. I'm like, yes. The point of Daniel, like I said this over and over again, the point of Daniel is not so you can dig a hole in your backyard, make a bomb shelter, and stockpile cans of soup, you know, and hope that it gets better. Like, that's not the point of Daniel. The point of Daniel is how do we live in light of what's coming? How should this affect our lives today? like, you know, stand up for our political party? No. We are a light on a hill. We are salt in a world that is decaying and rotten. We represent the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. Our allegiance is to King Jesus first and foremost, and, and, and the nation we find ourselves in, we are to be good citizens and we are to represent the king as citizens of this country. But we are citizens of heaven. That's who we are. And uh, when Jesus comes, he is setting up a theocracy. Do you know what a theocracy is? He's the one that's going to be calling the shots. Not a democracy, not a republic. King Jesus is ruling and reigning on planet Earth. That's coming. And it will be perfect in every way. And, uh, and that, that is clear. I mean, we, we, we see this in Daniel chapter 7. We're told that this king is coming. He's coming, and he's going to set up his kingdom, and we will inherit that kingdom, and, and that inheritance will be forever and ever and ever. That's our inheritance that we get to receive under King Jesus. And yes, a time of great evil is coming that God will permit. He will permit it for his purpose that will end for his glory and our good. Like, I wish I could say the pandemic will be over soon. I wish I could say that I trust our government. I wish I could say I trust what's happening in the world and all the rhetoric surrounding COVID. I don't. But what I do do trust is the word of God. And, um, And what I do know is that I am to live for his glory and for the good of the communities that surround me. And the same is true for you. And what I do know is what what these these verses teach me is is that evil and suffering have a shelf life. Uh, Ligan Duncan, who I also really respect, in a sermon on Daniel, I believe on Daniel chapter 12, said this. He said, when evil has done its worst, the words will be on the screen here. When evil has done its worst, we're told as soon as it finishes, shattering the people of the whole or showering shattering the power of the holy people, all these events will be complete. When evil has done its worst and the hopes of the people of God seem shattered, then God will act. The grim work of the oppressors will roll on and on and on, but at the appointed or the appropriate moment, God will intervene. Amen? He will intervene. Daniel 12 is for you, and it's for me. It's for the pastor who received a letter from the Taliban not long ago that said this, it said, we know who you are, what you do, and where to find you. Daniel 12 is for that brother. It's for the, the father who was in a, a, a village that the Taliban took over and ripped his 14-year-old daughter from his arms to make her a sexual slave, to be married to one of the, the Taliban um, uh, men. Daniel twelve is for that brother, and it's also for that fourteen year old girl. Daniel twelve is for the My brothers and sisters and in Myanmar. It's for you, and it's for me. And when I read, especially these first four verses of Daniel chapter 12, what resides in my heart, what echoes in my heart is do your worst, evil. Do your worst. God will intervene. He will intervene, and the king of kings will come in all of his glory, in all of his might, and he will balance the scales of justice. We're given a picture of that day in Revelation chapter 19, verses 11 through 21. And I would encourage you to turn open to it. It's too long of a passage. I'd rather you just look at it in your Bible or on your digital device. But I'll read it for you in case you don't have any of those things. Then I saw heaven opened. And behold, a white horse, the one sitting on it is called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes are like a flame of fire, meaning he sees all, he sees all. His eyes are like a flame of fire, and on his head are many diadems, many crowns. you can't count them, unlike the beast, And he will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God, the Almighty. And on his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Amen? Like he's coming. And the question we need to ask ourselves in light of Daniel chapter 12, and what we read in Daniel chapter, uh, Revelation chapter 19, which is really just ex- expanded on what Daniel wrote here, is how are we living our lives in light of that? How is it affecting our lives? How is it shaping how you treat your neighbor? How is it shaping how you serve at the place of your employment? How you talk to members of your family? How does it color your disagreements with those you don't share the same political view with? When he comes, we're told not only will all the tribes of earth mourn, but we learned uh, two weeks ago, and from Second Thessalonians chapter two, that by the breath of his mouth he will slay the Antichrist. And uh, we're told that this battle is the Battle of Armageddon. And I believe it's a legit battle. It's going to happen. It's going to take place, and that um, sometime after that battle, there will be a final judgment which we read about in Daniel 12, verses 2 through 3. And and we're told that in verse 2 of Daniel 12, and many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. You know, and uh, I wish I had time to get into a resurrection. That's a whole other sermon. Um, it's a favorite topic of mine to, to, to talk about the resurrection, to talk about heaven. Um, if you're if you're wondering where other what, what are some of the places in the Bible that talk about the resurrection, you can write these passages down: First Corinthians chapter 15, verses 50 through 53, and First Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18. You can look those up. Um, we will experience a resurrection. And so will the wicked. Our resurrection is a new body. Our resurrection is life. Our resurrection is happily ever after. The the type of resurrection that's talked about here, the the, the rising that's talked about here in Revelation, I mean, Daniel chapter 12 of the wicked will be to everlasting contempt. It will be a reminder of the curse of sin and death. It will be horrible. We're also given given a glimpse of that judgment in Revelation 20, verses 11 through 15, which again, the words will not be on the screen, but I'll read them for you, or you can follow along in your Bible. Then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it. From his presence, earth and sky fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, That's coming, brothers and sisters. That judgment is real. It haunts me. I have family members and friends who do not believe in Jesus. And if they die apart from placing their faith and trust in Christ, that judgment is one that will lead to everlasting death, a second death. Isaiah describes it, the prophet Isaiah describes it, it's this, where their worm shall not die, their fire shall not be quenched, and they shall be an abhorrence to all flesh. Billions of people will be gathered at that judgment, both great and small, we're told. CEOs and those who didn't even have enough to put shoes on their feet. We're told that the books will be opened. Containing the deeds of every person that has been born on planet earth and not one deed or not one thought will go unpunished. And the only thing, the only thing that will separate the righteous from the wicked is the cross of Christ. That is the only thing. We're told in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. In the Gospel of Matthew we're told that on that day of judgment it will be Jesus who will be sitting and judging. And I, I encourage you to look it up sometime in Matthew 25. I can only abbreviate it for you but he said that um, there will be sheep and there will be goats. The sheep represent the righteous. Not because of anything that they've done, but because of everything Christ has done. they placed their faith and trust in him. They are the sheep. That's, what, that's a good thing to be a sheep <laughs> in the Bible, by the way. And then on the other side will be goats. Those are the wicked. Um, and he will judge them. One judgment will lead to life. The other judgment, the other group, will their judgment will lead to condemnation. And he'll say to the sheep, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And then he'll look to those on his left who are the wicked, and he will say, Depart from me, you cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. And this judgment, this lake of fire, is not temporary you know, when, you, when the wicked are judged, they're not going to go to a place where they're annihilated or extinguished. They will, their judgment will be forever and ever. And Jonathan Edwards said, if you have a hard time with the doctrine of hell, then you clearly do not understand properly your sin and the holiness of God. It is this Christ, the Christ of Daniel chapter 7, whose love for you was demonstrated on Calvary's cross that is the only way of escaping a judgment that leads to condemnation. It is that Christ who is all through the book of Daniel. Like we see Jesus all through these pages in the book of Daniel. From, we see Jesus from, from the very first chapter of Genesis to the very last chapter of Revelation. I read something from C.S. Lewis, and the worship team's going to come up, and they're going to lead us in a song. I requested this song, so I'm just just so you know, <laughs> um, if it uh, if it you've never heard it before, probably you may have heard it before, but we definitely I don't think we've sang it before. But the reason why I picked it is because it echoes everything that I'm that I'm holding on to in light of in light of Daniel chapter 12. But C.S. Lewis said this. He put it this way about the judgment, about what is coming. He said. We can understand hell and its aspect of misery. All your life an unattainable ecstasy has hovered just above the grasp of your consciousness. The day is coming when you will wake to find beyond all hope that that, that you have attained it or else that it was within your reach and you have lost it forever. The gospel is continually before people God has called us to be his hands, to be his feet, to be his his mouthpiece, to to bring the gospel to the nations. Because there is a judgment coming. And there is a day of trouble that is coming. And how we, listen, how we love one another demonstrates whether or not we really know him. Like the world is watching. like like Politics, vaccines, face masks, are all secondary, third, whatever, fourth, fifth issues. What matters is, is that we are you know, covered by the blood of the Lamb, for those of us in this room and watching the live stream, if you're a Christian, that we are covered by the blood of the Lamb of God, who is Jesus. And that binds us together. And one of the things that breaks my heart, and I'll talk about this a little bit next week, is that in light of the pandemic, it seems like the church is more divided than any other time when we should be the most united. Like, who cares? Like, I heard a pastor today, he made a really great point. And this has been my stance the whole time through the pandemic. If you want to get a vaccine, do your homework and get a vaccine. If you don't want to get a vaccine, make sure you do your homework, don't get the vaccine. If you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. If you don't want to wear a mask, don't wear a mask respect one another, love one another, you know, everybody's working through this at their own pace, at their own level, and we all have baggage that we bring into this pandemic and into our relationships, but at the end of the day, what binds us together is Jesus Christ. We should be known by the love that we have for one another, because at the end of the day, there's a judgment coming. There's a judgment coming, and the world needs to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen? So this song that we're going to sing tells a story. Listen to the words or sing along if you'd like, but uh, we'll do that. And then I'll come up and I'll close us in prayer after we're finished. Thank you for listening to the Meadowbrook Church Podcast. For more information about our church, visit meadowbrook.org.